Today, we talked to the youngest YouTuber to share the Law of One teachings. He did such a great job, I just had to have a chat with him, and you get to join us. Hey, it's Cheryl Sitz with another episode of Exploring Possibilities, coming to you through journeyofpossibilities.com, my website, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube slash Cheryl Sitz. We'll talk with Nico Holloman in just a minute. Mario Rosales has really helped me a lot on this journey to create my website, this podcast, to get on YouTube, and so much more. He can help you too. So you can use technology to expand your practice and services in new ways and reach new people. Tell us more, Mario. Well, thanks, Cheryl. One of the things that I can help with, when you have a website, you know what you want. You want where that graphic is or you know what text you want to update. That's one of the parts that I can help you with. How many times has a web developer giving you a high bill for something that you think is pretty easy. I have various type of programs, and I am very flexible in working with how to create a program that works for you. For example, I can do the work for you. That's one. But really, I love empowering you as the user because I know you know what you like. I can show you how to do that modification on that website, and we can have even a hybrid program where I can show you Or some of them, you give them to me, and we have a monthly fee on those. So there's a lot of different ways. Yes, I can do the hourly. I can do the monthly package where I do everything for you. But don't you want to be the one in control of your website? Those are the kind of things I can provide you, solutions that empower you. Find out more about them on MarioRosales.net or TechLifeBalance.net. Nico Holloman is an underground musician and influencer who shares his music and perspectives about the true nature of reality on social media. He's best known for being the youngest YouTuber to talk about the Law of One teachings. Nico aspires to uplift humanity's consciousness by being a pure embodiment of these teachings and by creating content that catalyzes people to heighten their self-awareness. That's a big mission. I love it. He's joining us today from London. You'll find him on social media at at Nico Holloman. Hey, Nico. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for creating time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's an honor and I'm excited to be here. I'm thrilled to be with you. You are quite an awakened young man. Uh, let's see, galactically, spiritually, humanity. You, you've really got a lot going on. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I had the opportunity to face a lot of challenge super early on um, in my life, like at around 14, I got a really severe physical condition, which was basically having like eczema all over my body. And through the kind of like immense challenges of that, and all of the kind of things I had to explore to try to heal myself, I, I got to embark on the on the spiritual journey super early, like 13 or 14. And so, yeah, I'm like seven years in right now, and I've got quite a quite a head start, and I actually feel quite lucky about, you know, the way I got here and, and all that. So it's a pretty unique circumstance. Yeah, and it's interesting to me to talk to all these different people and find out how we all landed where we did. And it was for you and I around the same time, 2012, I had my awakening, and my life had kind of turned into a mess also. And I... I love one of my teachers said the gift of des- the, the gift of desperation that led us to this path. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you had as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Desperation is a good word. Honestly, <laughs> I had uh, I'd really explored every single avenue. And at a certain point, I got to the place where I just had to c- come to terms with the fact that 
regardless of whether or not my physical condition would heal, I had to find a way to still be able to enjoy life. And so it led me down this path of um, exploring how to live life in a more unconditional way and, and discover like unconditional joy, uh, free of circumstances and, and unconditional love for myself, which is still a journey I'm working on perfecting, of course, but it just, that, that kind of inquiry is just right down the alley of these kind of spiritual cutting edge quantum physics sort of teachings. So I just, you know, ravenously started exploring that stuff and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's taken me on a wild journey that I'm super grateful to be on and I'm excited to, to keep exploring for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. We're, we talk about going to the moon and is there life on this planet or that planet? And, you know, as a humanity up until this point of awakening, it's been all about out there. And now we're realizing that there's entire universes within us that we haven't begun to touch. And that's really where my shift came is when everything out there wasn't working for me anymore. I had my awakening through working with entheogens in Peru. To, like, hey, you know, there's there's a lot going on in here that we need to look at and stop looking for everything out there. And mm. that really was m the beginning of my shift. But then it's funny because it also took me to being aware of the oneness, which you speak so well about in your video about the law of one, that it's all one, everything inside, everything outside. It's all just a holographic reflection of what's going on inside. So when we go inside, what's outside changes. Exactly. Yeah, really the the whole notion of inside and outside itself is is even just kind of like a mental construct and uh, the the joy of realizing that is just immense and and something that, you know, really takes time to take beyond an intellectual level, which is how for the first lion's share of my journey all of this information was very intellectual and I just kind of had an intuitive knowing that it was it was true but I wasn't really uh, a full embodiment of it right and now in in the past year or so I've gotten a lot more diligent with myself about carving out time every day to just put aside any sort of like irrelevant or not completely essential activities in order to meditate and and um, do this kind of meditation of awareness, being aware of itself and allowing that meditation to kind of strip away and dissolve as many of the concepts I've been holding on to as possible. And that's just been super beneficial and super uh, expansive. That's a great intention for meditation. What else can we strip away today? What else? <laughs> what other truth can we uncover as we dissolve all this other stuff that we've made matter over all this time, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Because there, there's so many concepts about ourselves that we walk around with all the time that we don't even know our concepts. We just take them to be like foundational truths about reality. Like one of the biggest ones for most people is, is I am the body. And we, we have that kind of governing the foundation of our experience. Whereas Really, that's kind of like just the tip of the iceberg of who we actually are and and that experiential transcendence and and uncovering of the multifaceted nature of our of our true being can be uncovered most effectively in meditation.
Well, and yes, I am the body and I am the mind, right? Like, I am not the mind, I am not the body, I am the one watching the mind and the body have this experience. But we get so lost in I am the body and I am the mind, we forget that I, I watched your manifestation video last night as well that you have on your YouTube channel. I know you made that sometime back after you had gone and listened to Bashir being channeled about manifesting. And you said so well that we're, we're, we're always worried about what, manifesting what we want and everything that we see is already a manifestation. Like we couldn't stop manifesting if we tried. And it's about recognizing that all of this is something that is an experience that we ask to have and kind of stepping out of I am the mind, I am the body and appreciating. I think it's for me, it's come full circle to gratitude. I, there was so much I took for granted that I wasn't even appreciating what I was already manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big revelation for people to discover that everything that we experience externally is everything that we are internally. And, um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many facets to this that we could talk about, but one thing that comes to mind is, is 99% of the things that people want to manifest, they want to manifest out of, um, egoic desire, you know, like when focus is given to these kind of deeper meditations, then like 99.9% .9 of the things that we previously were trying to manifest become unnecessary or, or unimportant, or we just trust that they'll happen in their own perfect timing. Yeah. That's why my excitement in the past year or two has been much more oriented towards the self-realization path rather than the self-empowerment path, because the self-realization path kind of uh, is all-encompassing. But that being said, I also, I began my spiritual journey with the empowerment because um, the idea of like being a body mind and manifesting all these cool things, I think is a more vibrationally accessible entrance point Yes. to people that are just kind of embarking on this journey and starting to be like, oh, like quantum mechanics is talking about this and it starts to like, these spiritual concepts start to become intellectually understood. And then, like, of course, the, with the identification still being in place within a person, the natural inclination is to be like, okay, this is kind of like a cool new gadget that I didn't know I had the power to utilize. So now let me try to kind of like manifest this or just like choose bliss or joy in the moment and kind of like kind of like impose vibrational realities onto the external reality. But um then once that kind of gets played out, it becomes evident that any manifestation or any circumstance is fleeting. And if happiness is invested in it, then when that manifestation goes, then the happiness that one feels with the appearance of that manifestation will also go. So it, it inevitably turned me towards something more stable and more permanent, which is like the foundation of our being, which is really like all encompassing and, and includes all of those magical benefits of amazing things manifesting and, and this sort of like immovable joy that is just uh, a glorious thing. <laughs> yeah, I love that immovable joy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I, I talked to somebody 
a couple of days ago that I haven't talked to in a while. And she said, wow, you've really come to a new place. And it sounds like even though you're going through these challenges, you really seem happy. And I've had some challenges going on. And I said, you know, that's the whole heart of this matter is when I peel away the fact that I'm already manifesting everything and I wanted this experience and to find the gratitude in that and that I've, I was living in all the stories of the things that had happened to me or that I wanted to happen. I wasn't living in this moment. When, when all that goes away, there is a peace and a joy that is immovable. And yeah, things happen and I may get frustrated, but underneath that, I'm rooted now in joy. And I wasn't rooted in joy for most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> me neither. And, and most people, I think, would resonate with that statement. Like, I was talking to my roommates the other day and, um, and just talking to them about how how important this self-realization stuff is to me and they were they were very interested in it but aren't aren't necessarily on the same path of devoting a lot of time to the inner discovery and um in in some ways it sort of breaks my heart like i i have the i have the wisdom to understand that everyone is on the path of their own perfect timing and it's not my place to say someone should start doing spiritual practice in order to gain deeper joy at any given time. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that even even like when one is identified with the body mind, even feeling okay or feeling good or even feeling great as a person is essentially suffering compared to what it's like to live life from the perspective of your true being. Um, wow, that was powerful yeah. what you just said. <laughs> I, that yeah. was really powerful. I encourage people to rewind and play that sentence again. That is very powerful. Yeah, yeah. That that one is an important revelation, I think, because when when people look back at their lives, having lived a life of for most of their life being identified with the body mind, there's there can pretty easily be seen. I have never, as the body mind, experienced a lasting joy or lasting peace. It's always momentary, and then it goes away, and then I and then I lust for the next thing to fulfill me. You know, so even when you get the Ferrari and you're super pumped, or you get the dream girl or guy or whoever, and you're super pumped about it, then um, the joy is invested in an appearance, which is which that entire joy is being. Um, is basically occurring within this paradigm of delusion, essentially of, of being unaware of one's true being and being able to experience those same things from the perspective of one's true being is, is just infinitely more rich because then there's no, there's no grasping. There's just a pure enjoyment. And then there's the, the peace remains when the the joyful circumstance inevitably transforms into something else. Yes. And I will add on that. And of course, it's fun to ride around in a Ferrari convertible. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It's, yeah, it's like right. the joy is even more expansive when we come from a place where we first anchor ourselves in, in, in our own wholeness and in our own true nature. And then we play on this physical plane. I believe that's what we came to do. Like I have a whole community of, of friends that, that prefer to be in an altered state, in that bliss of meditation, in that bliss of plant medicine, in that bliss of wherever. And then I have a community of friends that are wholly in the 3D world. Their, their holographic reality is reality. And 
a very small number of people that I hope is expanding that see the the fun and the beauty of really balancing the two and saying, this is a great reality to live in if we first come from a place of our own wholeness. It's great to have relationships if we're not looking for someone to complete us, if we complete ourselves first and then share that joy. It's to me, that's what we come to earth for is to balance the two. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Like, I think there, there's a lot of, this is kind of like a time of convergence of those two ideas. Like when you look into the past of spirituality, it's a lot about um, kind of rejecting the physical world in order to go really deeply inward. And then on the other hand today, there's a lot of like, okay, hustle, become an entrepreneur to really enjoy the outward. And um, I, I, I just completely agree with you that you know, we, we created this experience for a reason. And part of that is to enjoy, so to speak, but also it's important to understand that the, the physical reality is like basically also a tool to be used as a point of contrast to what we're not at the same time. So when we can go into that state where we realize ourselves as that which witnesses awareness and within awareness appear all things, then we can kind of come from this transcendental place where we're not trying to take ownership of anything that appears and, and we can just be this like beacon of, of unconditional light in the world. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mario and I are both sitting here smiling and nodding and yes, we're all on the same page. (laughs) So for you, that joy path, that sharing path seems to me from what I'm seeing and hearing and your channel and in some of your stuff is, is music bound. Are you, you're into expressing through music to help uh, raise consciousness or to entertain or both? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like sound is my favorite thing to play with in terms of like, just, just in terms of life, you know, I, I just resonate it, resonate with it so much. And uh, a big part of that right now is um, my own solo music, which I, I've only released two songs, and one of them I even deleted after the fact. But I'm also in a band called Mutations, and we're a trio that met up in London and are just creating this really unique blend of sounds um, because we're all from different places. I'm from California. My friend Rashawn is from India. And my friend Samson is from Nigeria. So we, we've come together and created this really unique blend of sounds that I, uh, I'm just really excited for people to hear. And, and in terms of interacting with the physical world, I think sound is just where it's at for me, both in expressing my voice and in the way we are right now, and, uh, and then also in, in that more emotional transcendent kind of way, which is music. Yeah, I love sound too. I I do energy work sessions with people and it's really fun to bring in musical instruments and sound and and it can shift a vibration when it seems like nothing else can. Music just immediately cuts through whatever's going on and starts to shift the energy on a body, on a on a space. It's it's a beautiful way to share. And your international group sounds really interesting. So how would you describe your style of music? Well, the kind of premise of it 
goes along with the name mutations, which is that we we don't really stick to a single container of genre. We're constantly moving around and exploring as our music palettes expand and our taste changes. So um, we're in the process of releasing a body of seven tracks, which we're putting out one at a time. The first one's already out on SoundCloud. If you if you type in Mutations Music and there you'll find it. It's called The Road to Riches. But um, the, the tracks are kind of like, the, the first seven tracks are sort of grungy and slightly abrasive and alien sounding. And they're, it's really kind of like, we call it block party music for an inspired young generation. So it's definitely more oriented towards the taste of people that are, that tend to be in like the 25, maybe 30 and under sort of age range. Um, not to say that people above that can't enjoy the music. They certainly can, but we find that the energy and the sort of like aggressiveness of these tracks tends to resonate more with these uh, like kind of hormonal sort of young adult sort of people that kind of want to jump around and like bash into each other in a, <laughs> in a safe way, <laughs> hopefully, or, you know, so, but, but then like the, the music that we have planned after this is more like new wave guitar based. So I think with that, we'll start to pique the interest of people of like more of my parents' generation who grew up with um, like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and, and more new wave bands and uh, like the Talking Heads. Our, our music is very Talking Headsy in the guitar range. And then we're working on like reggae music too. So um, our, our goal is to just have shows where people of every creed and color and age are all just kind of respectfully vibing together and and yeah we're that's just what it is <laughs> how fun I think I'm gonna like both styles of music because I tend to like a, a more expanded variety of music too so I look forward to all of it and you use the word aggressiveness can you be more specific what, what you meant by that yeah um so like for example if you if you listen to the the first track that we've put out called the road to riches we we used a uh, vintage Juno synthesizer and we ran it through um, basically two guitar pedals in a row or one bass pedal and one guitar pedal. So, and they were both distortion pedals. So I was playing this instrument, which is the Juno synth, which normally sounds quite beautiful and kind of etheric. But then when we put it through this, it got noisy and kind of sounded like, you were about to be attacked by Jaws or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, we just, I just played this kind of aggressive, dark-sounding lead on it, and we put these very kind of like... We, we use a lot of percussion that pays homage to the past of like um, electronic, electro sort of groups like Africa, Africa Bombada and and uh, a lot of the old like 80s electro dance floor kind of music and we take those sounds and put them into a modern context where people that listen to like rap music or dance music can kind of get down to it and so it's kind of just like really hard percussion and uh 
aggressive synth lines and stuff like that, but still juxtaposed with like with beauty and taste and some sophistication as well. So it's not it's not aggressive in the way that like heavy metal is aggressive, but we take kind of like flavors of that and put it into um, a more sort of like dancey environment. What I was getting when I was listening to you describe all of that, and thank you for that clarity, I was getting that, you know, so at a vibrational level from a healing perspective and back into like the spiritual conversation, it's about the chakras and the different vibrations that align and balance the different frequencies of the body from the chakra foundation Mm. that we understand it and you're kind of blending all of that in a way that's also entertaining and invites people to get up and move and we know the power of movement and dance to shake that stuff loose so you really are you know music is healing it's not like oh i need to listen to this special new age song and i'll get my healing it's all either (laughs) it's either calling out our anger and our aggression or it's calling out and and when you juxtapose it like that you're hitting all of it together and that can be so cleansing and cathartic, especially if we get up and dance to it. Mm, totally. And, I love that. And just just to be clear, too, like with our band, with the nature of it being like our sound is constantly mutating and transforming, it's so hard to describe what it sounds like. You kind of just have to <laughs> listen to it and, and make up your own mind. But as we start to release the other songs that we're getting ready to release, it'll become clear that there's there are certain songs where you could be like, you know, riding a bike at sunset and having your earphones in and kind of just feeling really relaxed and in this sort of like warm embrace haze sort of vibe. And then there are other songs where you just kind of want to jump around and headbang and let out the tension of the day. So uh, and some songs where you might just want to laugh and bob your head and, you know, hang out in the grass with your friends like it's all over the place. I just don't want to make it seem like we're just like a super aggro sort of <laughs> group or anything like that. But, you know, that's definitely a part of it. I love it. And that that's really definitive of what's going on in our world right now. We're all over the place. Even one individual from day to day to day can be moving through lots of different moods and emotions and vibrations. And so the more you can vary that up, the more one band can appeal to the many moods and interests of one person. Mm. I love yeah. that. So let's talk about looking forward. Do you see you've kind of come through this healing journey that's taken you? You have a real gift, I have to say, for synthesizing complex material and making it conversational and easy to understand. Your video about the law of one and where you talk about channeling and all these different things, you made it so simple. I was like, he just synthesized all that in 30 minutes. And <laughs> that I was impressed. So I hope you're going to continue to use that moving forward in your life to help help with the shift in that sense of sharing these things as you have your ahas and, and learn about them in ways that are easy to wrap our head around. Do you have plans for that? Definitely. Um, I, I definitely am reigniting my passion for creating videos and my channel will definitely be much more active going forward, especially now that I'm announcing this on your podcast, because that just helps me stay true to my word. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I, I also, I've, I've started, uh, or about four or five months ago, I also started a, a coaching and leadership training. So I got trained as a coach and um, and have honed my leadership qualities as well. And I'm starting to offer that service. And I, I also, 
I've found in in now I'm actually assisting the the next wave of this coaching and leadership group that my that my friends Bor and Vina Sandring are are doing. Um, and I've found that working in groups for me is much more exciting than working one on one with people. So I definitely see the future holding a lot more like public speaking and uh, maybe even putting together retreats where people can come together and just like really purify their focus on this kind of inner work or, um, yeah, just letting go of whatever they need to let go and, and being around like-minded people. So it definitely feels like a massive part of my theme is, is this public expression thing. So I want to honor that to the best of my ability. Good deal. Yeah, yeah, I want to speak to the group thing. So when I had my awakening, there weren't, I, I'm here in the Gulf Coast of Texas. And at the time that I had my awakening, I looked around and I didn't really have anybody much to reach out to. There is power in these group activities, not only to learn and reflect off of one another. So it expands what we get from the experience, but the sense of community that can evolve from that so that we aren't, we don't feel like we're in this alone and we can reach out and help each other through those moments. All of that has a lot of power. So I almost always prefer the group experience to the individual experience. Now, some of what I've gone through has been very private, very personal and even as much as I like to share, it's nice to have that one-on-one -on -one experience when I'm first opening up some old wounds, especially sexual stuff, to have that private healing. And then, but then to come back into a group of people that have been through that experience is also profound. So there is space for all of what you plan to do. And I'm glad that you are moving into all of that. So do you think you're going to stay in London or what, what does that look like? It's a good question. And, uh, <laughs> honest answer is I have not a clue but this is basically I have a lease running here until next February and when that happens it really all depends on uh, what happens with the music we're creating we're super confident about it and and definitely think it has commercial viability and the ability to become a more well-known um, sort of thing, especially, I mean, both my solo stuff and the band stuff, I feel that way about. So if that takes off, then that'll just change the trajectory entirely for all of our lives. But um, if not, then there there's a possibility I could go back to California, where I'm from, in, in Big Sur, or um, I'm considering moving to Germany as well. I have some family over there. And yeah, it's really, uh, it's really open and I'm just kind of going with the flow, as they say. That seems to be a light worker thing right now. A lot of the people that I connect with either just moved, are moving. We've got people moving to Texas. I think not only are we bringing new energy to places where we can anchor that in, where they're needing maybe a boost of energy to help level out the so-called playing field on earth with our awakening, but also we're becoming more comfortable with letting go and just going where we're called to be, when we're called to be there. I think teleportation is going to be the next thing we need to master as a skill in, in skin. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's definitely, I think, at the very, I've I've had an existential battle between which superpower I want to have, whether it's <laughs> flying or teleportation. But I think uh, I think I've decided that both need to happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. It's kind of neat to be on the front edge of this great awakening that we got to be the ones that were here in 2012 and around 2012 for our own awakenings and helping to shift the planet into what's next for Earth and to even be able to think about teleportation being ahead and these things that we grew up with on sci-fi and now we're talking about actually them being real and it's kind of funny how so much fiction actually turned out to be truer than the true stuff, right? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Very true, yeah. And and something on that note is um something a lot of uh like a lot of spiritually oriented people can kinda get trapped in is the idea of like all of this kind of um like this hidden technology, conspiratorial kind of stuff, because there there is a lot of evidence to show that like a lot of these very advanced consciousness based technologies are um exist and have existed for a long time. Um, but something that I really got wrapped up in, in regard to that was just being so excited about these new technologies and this new frontier of consciousness that I, I started looking into it and, you know, and discovering the, the people of the world that, that talk about these things, but put a very kind of, um, oppressive spin on it in the sense of like, oh, there are these, beings there's the illuminati though they're they're all these kind of like extra dimensional entities that are here to like sabotage our plans and all that and um and i think a lot of people can get very disempowered kind of getting wrapped up into all that and and not understanding the quantum mechanic that the reality and the reality that we choose and that we experience is based off of our belief systems and as a direct reflection of our perception of how things are. So a lot of times, or pretty much all the time, unless one's excitement is really steering them down the path of let me explore these conspiratorial things and how to dismantle them. um, A lot of times I feel like even acknowledging that these things exist in one's own reality is what kind of perpetuates that negative construct existing and all of this can super easily be bypassed by embracing oneself being in a reality where things are moving along for everyone's highest good and that you know there's no need to worry about sort of forces slowing you down because at the end of the day even if there are these kind of external forces that are playing the role of the dark side on this path of, you know, life. It's at the end of the day, it's all you, you know, it's just a reflection of yourself, of your, of your non-dual being uh, reflecting things at you. And it's our own decision individually to decide how much we want to buy into that. And um, I just hope that a lot of people listening, if, if you're finding yourself, kind of wrapped up in the spiral of incessantly checking up on how the good side is doing against the evil side. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of ease can be restored into one's mind and a lot of acceleration can happen much faster by kind of just turning one's head to all of these sort of like good versus evil play and, and going more inward and seeing that both good and evil themselves are just as much of a construct as, inner and outer. So I just thought that would be worth mentioning because I went through that struggle for a while myself. 
Yes. And it's just one more place that we can get hung up. And again, to tag on to all that. Yes. So belief is creating our reality. But to tag on to that, I think I find a lot of peace in recognizing that it too is a teaching ground. It's all a teaching ground. So if we get lost in that, then we perpetuate that for ourselves until we don't need it anymore. And then it falls away and we go to the next thing and then the next thing. And maybe we can just spend a little more time focusing on peace and love and see how much more of that we can perpetuate. That was a great explanation of how that's all serving us or not serving us anymore. Mm. So what kind of a parting thought would you like to leave people with today? A parting thought. I would say that all of this experience of life is really pointing us into the inner journey of how how deeply can we really solidify the highest level of spiritual awakening within ourselves at any given time. And the the best thing I've started doing for myself is really being brutally honest with myself in ways that I use my time that are based on kind of short-term gratification of the mind and ways that I can use my time that are based on deepening and heightening my spiritual awareness. And I'm not I'm not as much resonating with the idea of giving advice necessarily, but um, I'll, using an I statement, I'll just say that really the best thing I've done for myself is um, carved out more and more time in my daily life to devote myself to a single pointed contemplation of the inner journey and, and really looking into people like Michael Langford's uh, work, like the book, the uh, I think it's The Direct Means to Eternal Bliss and teachings by Nisargadatta Maharaj about focusing on the I am and teachings uh, by Bentinia Masaro, who they basically all talk about the same thing in different words. And um, this, this teaching of spending time every day focusing on the innermost sense of I, the innermost sense of awareness that we can lock onto and just maintaining that awareness and seeing what secrets it has to reveal to us about our true nature, I think is right now the most beneficial use of my time and I think for a lot of people their time as well and um, and also for those of you listening for whom that does not resonate at all then I just want to say that as you continue to follow your resonance and whatever excites you and whichever aspects of the inner journey are drawing you in those are going to lead you down the perfect path as well down the perfect trajectory and um, yeah, just please take what resonates and leave what doesn't and you'll you'll be on the perfect path for you. What an excellent closing thought. Thank you so much for this. The time just flew. I We were on the parting thought as soon as I said hello to you, it seems like. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for sharing from your heart and from your mind what resonates with you right now. I look forward to checking out your music more. And I can tell that we're going to have to reconnect on this show within a year or two because you're going to be doing all kinds of new and exciting things. And I'm going to want to talk to you again. 
Well, I would love to come on again. I really appreciate you having me. So thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, listener, for joining us. Let us know what you thought. And please show us a little love so we can keep bringing this show to you. You can do all of that at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And we'll see you next week on Exploring Possibilities.